0: Hello, everybody. This is Gino Johnson, CEO of Champions for Veterans, and I am so excited. To, uh, to, to say hey and uh, thank you so much for listening to our Convos with Heroes uh podcast series where we have Convos with Heroes who just have big hearts and really love to make an impact on the world. Uh, we have a special guest with us today and Rod, uh, Rod Hatley, he he has a great story and we'll share hear that here in a few minutes and I'll tell you guys a little bit about him but before we move on over to Rod, I want to say hey to my dad. Hey dad, good to see you, good to have you on. All right, son. Rod, glad to have you on We got a great American hero, Rob's going to come on board.
1: Uh, I'm just going to tell you, I don't hold it against him. that He's a Navy man. I do not hold that against him at all. Uh, I'm saying that right now in front of everybody. So I still love Navy guys just the same as Army guys. But anyway, let me kick it back to you, (laughs) sir.
0: Love it. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah, man. Thank you so much, Rod, for coming on. So I, I give everybody a little bit of background about Rod. So sure. uh, Rod, he is a former Navy Jag. You got to think Tom Cruise and a few good men. He never defended a service member at a murder trial like in a few good men, but he had lots of trigger time in the courtroom. He handled a total of 84 courts and boards, which is more than a lot of civilian attorneys can say. Tom became an estate planning attorney after going through a seven-year probate after his father died from leukemia. His goal is to make sure none of his clients' families ever have to go through probate. After all, life's too short to be tied up in probate court. Thank you, uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Good to see you. Good to see you too, sir. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for having me on uh, well, looking forward to uh, sharing some of my uh, insights for what they're worth uh, with your listeners. So happy to have this opportunity.
0: Man, we, we happen to have you on with us, with us, Rod. Man, and, and just excited to hear your story and learn a lot more about you. Yeah. So yeah. normally, how we kind of jump right into it and get started, we just ask, "Hey, tell us, tell us who Rod is." We just love to love for you. Go ahead and start telling us. Who yeah, uh,
2: you know, uh, former Navy JAG. Uh, I had the uh, privilege to serve. Uh, um in the early part of the 90s um came i'm from memphis originally came to california with the navy jack corps and um let's see i was on active duty actually during uh, the run-up to the first gulf war so we helped mobilize a lot of the active duty and reserve units in and around the bay area and got them ready to go overseas in support of operation desert shield and storm and um uh, then I uh, was sent to the high desert of California, and that's where I basically closed out my career. I got caught up in the downsizing in the mid-90s, so I didn't, uh, unfortunately, didn't have a chance to have a career. Um, but in the meantime, my father passed away and uh, decided, you know what, I know what the next chapter of my life is going to be. So when I came off of active duty in 95, I transitioned into, uh, I got an additional law degree in tax law, and then I, I transitioned into private practice. And so that's what I've been doing for the past uh, quarter century, I guess, hard to believe it's been about 25 years. But that's what I've been doing is working with clients and their families to make sure that nobody has to go through probate court. I mean, it's it's really unnecessary. It's so easily avoidable. And so that's what I think I bring to the conversation is having lived that experience. I don't want my clients to have to go through
0: it. Man. That is awesome, man. I, I want to hear more about probate court. I feel like I, that's something I talked to somebody about probably about a month ago. Actually, I was talking to somebody because I'm getting married in May, and we were discussing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. We were discussing you know life insurance and having a will and having yeah. like you know all of that put together because if sure. not, it can put you in a tough situation after you yeah. pass.
2: It, it, yeah, it's absolutely essential. And if you own a home or if you're going to buy a home, um, you know, and I don't know if you'll start a family. Uh, or maybe she has children or whatever the situation might be, um, you know, it, it's not about you anymore. It's about her. It's about the family. And uh, just get out ahead of this and have a plan in place. I mean, we're living in a pandemic right now, um, you know, and uh, so it's important to have the right uh, documents in place. For example, a healthcare directive, a HIPAA authorization. Those are great documents to have because none of us knows. Um, and life is short, and uh, so I just encourage people, you know, when you have those major life changes, like getting married, um, get, you know, if you don't have a plan, get one in place, please. I think it makes a difference uh, for your family should something happen. But we're all gonna pass at some point, but what if there's an incapacity? You know, how do you deal with that? Or how will your spouse now deal with that? So that's a great way to get out ahead of those uh, potential problems in the future.
1: Hey veterans, did you realize that most veterans, are at least, 30% underrated on their VA disability rating. That may be you. If it is, I wanna teach you the Ranger method. So go to championsforveterans.com and schedule a free consultation today. Listen, I was that guy. You see the uniform. Retired U.S. Army Ranger in Green Beret. When I retired, I was at 10% disability with 120 jumps out of airplanes in a jacked up back. So i want to help you don't waste time go there now championsforveterans.com and schedule a free consultation this is ranger johnson telling you to stay in the fight
0: absolutely agreed agreed thank you that's, that's awesome work you're doing for sure thank you absolutely
1: absolutely and and i i would i mean you know this is just phenomenal a lot of people will see this and I don't know if you have a website or something like that I too do. you want to give like give given that because I believe veterans uh that are hearing this may yeah. may want to talk to you about that if you got that you can give that now we'll make sure we put that in the in the uh yeah it's uh, going to give that if you don't mind
2: yeah happy to give that to you it's a uh, hatley h a t l a y law l a w group g r o u p dot com Lawgroup.com. And uh, I'm licensed both in California, where I live and practice now, and also in my home state of Tennessee. Um, but I belong to a national organization of estate planning attorneys. So if a, if right. a veteran could reach out, um, I can almost invariably find somebody in their local area who can help. So certainly feel free to right. reach out. We'd be honored to hear from you and honored to uh, make a recommendation uh, for your local
1: area. Oh man, this see this is I see I knew I was gonna enjoy the conversation because we've had a chance to work together for the last few weeks on some other things we're working on, Rod. But I did not know where I was gonna get all this for even just me and the, all the veterans that are gonna listen. So let's dive into it, man. I got I gotta get you broken down a little bit because okay. as everybody see Rod is a button up guy. He's a lawyer, suit and tie, and I'm I'm gonna break him down a little bit because he's from Memphis, Tennessee, and I used to live over in Oxford, and I know what all the barbecue down on Bill Street and all oh, yeah. that. So I'm going to take you back. Now, first of all, um, I, you know, you're the first Jag. Now, for the civilians that don't know, Jag is a military lawyer. Right. And uh, he, he's a lawyer in the military. So I got to break this down for the civilians that are watching this that may sure. not know what that term means, right? Right. But I, I know you said your dad. How did you get from Memphis? So did you go to high school in Memphis? Did you yeah. your boy there? To, give us about yeah. that Memphis story.
2: Yeah, uh, born and raised in Memphis, um, and uh, you know I had got through law school, and uh, what happened was I, you know I was I lived in Memphis all my life, and just decided you know gosh I'd sure like to see the world, and uh, the Jag was an opportunity to do just that, and um, the the thing that was appealing to me about uh, being in the Jag was that you get immediate responsibility. I mean, for a lot of attorneys, they may join a firm and they may spend a number of years you know, carrying the senior partner's grief case into the courtroom, but they never get to try cases on their own. Wow. Uh, And I can tell you for a fact that when I completed uh, Naval Justice School uh, in Newport, Rhode Island, and then went back to Memphis for a few, about a week. And then from there, I drove to San Francisco, Treasure Island, uh, was my first duty station. Uh, I was assigned immediately right out the gate as a criminal defense attorney. So, I mean, you get handed and I think that's what the Navy probably does best is it gives people immediate responsibility. I do think the Army probably does it a little bit smarter though. You don't get to be a criminal defense attorney until you've served a tour as a prosecutor. Now you know how the prosecution thinks, and then you get to be a criminal defense attorney. But in any event, that's how the Navy teaches people to swim. They just throw you in the water. <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> gonna get immediate experience. And so you're gonna either sink or swim. So um and I I probably would have preferred being a prosecutor first and then be transitioning to being a defense counsel. But in any event, um, uh, I got immediate responsibility. And I think that was valuable. And that's what the Navy does is it trains young interns.
1: Mm-hmm. So got
2: that experience right out the gate.
1: I can remember being in the military. Now, I, I never sit on a court martial before, but oh, I, right. I believe I was an E-8 first sergeant. I got received the notice, It's kind of like being a civilian, that right. you have to go down and you may be a juror on a court martial. Sure. And uh I'd never been into a military trial before, but just walking into that courtroom at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and it yeah, was yeah. all bland and just I'll never forget the feeling. It was intimidating. I mean yeah. I'm just I'm and I I wasn't on trial. I was there to maybe be a, a juror in a trial of a of a court martial. Oh, yeah. And and again when I walked in there, I'm not a, a new guy to the military. I was an E8 first sergeant, who've been in the Army at least 15 years. Right. But I can tell you, uh because I'm thinking about you saying how the Navy throws you in straight out of school. Right. Uh, I can't imagine getting thrown in because I'm a senior non-commissioned officer and sure. I'm walking in not to be on trial, but to be a juror. And I felt my knees shake.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it, well you know, when I, I re- represented, uh it, and there's probably no more Uh, a sense of, oh, my God, this is it. Uh, I was representing the uh, uh, defendant. uh, You know, it was probably a a UA or unauthorized absence case. Um, And, uh, you know, and, you know, it was a bench trial. So it was just a military judge alone. So, you know, and then, um, you know, the judge retires to his chambers to make a decision, comes back on the bench and says, well, accused and counsel, please rise Boy, you talk about needs of jelly, because you're thinking, did I do everything that I could to help my client out? Right. And, uh, you know, so, but, you know, what I realized is that, you know, everybody goes through that. So it's it's not, um, but it's even intimidating for the attorneys, because you have the butterflies and the needs of jelly, and you're just hoping that you've done everything. And, you know, you're running through your mind, did I do everything that I could do? Did I talk to everybody that I could have talked to? So that, yeah, it's it definitely, I I felt that, uh, that experience,
1: believe me. Now look, one thing I love talking to
0: him. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna go ahead and ask. You know, I, well, I think one thing I've learned, you know, in talking to my dad and kind of being like as a civilian, coming from the civilian perspective, right? When I think about the military, it's just not, it's not like a regular job at all. No, right? it isn't. You go into no. this, you learn, you get into physical shape, but you also go through these schools and you learn yep. skills. And and I think a lot of times, a lot of the most people kind of growing up, there's this whole idea of got to go to college. You only learn in college and you go and get a job. But I feel like there's so many things you learn in the service. And my question is just to understand, like, just the structure. Like, how did you become an attorney? Did you become an attorney through the service? Or were you like, did you go to school for that and get into the service? Like, how did that work? Well, I mean,
2: uh, the Navy has, and I think the Army, too. uh, The Navy has a variety of ways that you can do it. Um, I only learned after the fact. For example, when I was at Treasure Island, uh, we had a ship driver uh who was spending the summer with us the year that I you know uh, in 89 uh this was a gentleman who was a surface warfare officer in the navy and he went through the navy's law education program and had been accepted to Stanford law school so the navy paid his books and tuition his salary as a naval officer and he owed them two years for every one year that they paid for law school so it was a 2 for 1 payback so it was 3 years of law school so he owed them 6 years additional on active duty but is a hell of a hell of a deal, no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, I, I I was a direct appointment. I sought and received a direct appointment to the Navy JAG Corps after I came out of law school. And you can apply during law school, but uh, I hadn't thought about that. But then I thought, you know, as I was looking around at my options in Memphis, I thought, you know, this seems, uh, gosh, I have to spend all those years carrying the senior partner's briefcase. You don't really get any responsibility. And gosh, you know, I spent all this time and effort to become an attorney. So and I looked into the JAG Corps, and I was really impressed by what I saw. So I said, wow. that's good to me. And I had the opportunity to come to California and go to San Francisco. And I said, absolutely, let's do this. So yeah. that's that's how I uh, came to California.
1: Wow. So that was amazing. So, so you go, you went to the University of Memphis or Memphis State when you were there? Is that that was went? Memphis
2: State when I was there. now the University of Memphis. And actually, they have done a really good job. They, the, the law school has moved downtown um, where the courts are located, et cetera. And it's a beautiful building. It was, um, you know, it's uh, the old uh, post office and custom house, and mm. so they did they, like a forty million dollar retrofit on the uh, on the facility. And I've not been to it, but I've seen photos of it, et cetera. And they've done a beautiful job. And it's really the kind of law school that the that the students deserve to have because the previous uh, law school was very cramped and they didn't have a lot of space and you know, now they've got classrooms, they have the, the Tennessee Supreme Court will meet there uh, for certain, um, you know, uh, arguments and stuff like that. So it gives the students a really interactive experience, which I think is really helpful, because so much of the stuff is just esoteric, it's all abstract. But if you can see it in real, in real life, I think it has a lot more meaning uh, for people, um, you know, and not you don't have to travel to Nashville to go to the Supreme Court, you know, because Supreme Court is actually coming to University of Memphis is law school and they have a courtroom set up, et cetera. So it's really very helpful, I think, for the students.
1: Wow. So, look, talk about this, uh, your experience, and, and I'm so excited to have you on the call. I mean, you know, you're our first lawyer to be on the call. Sure. Talk about getting out of the military and becoming a civilian lawyer. Compare, contrast, experience you had. Uh, uh, just kind of talk about that piece of it. Sure. Um,
2: well, you know, what had happened was dad had died while I was on active duty, and I took two weeks emergency leave, went back to Memphis. Week number one, we got him buried. Week number two, we opened up a probate. And um, so I just decided, you know, this thing was just taking time. You know, he died in 92. By 95, I'm still, you know, I'm coming off of active duty. And I decided, what's the next adventure going to be? And um, unfortunately, I was stuck in the high desert of California. So it's really, ch- I didn't want to stay there. But it's really challenging to find a job from long distance. Okay, so um, I decided I wanted to know more about tax law because um, you know I had an interest. I never thought when I went through law school to begin with I'd ever have an interest in doing anything like estate planning. They just just didn't didn't appear to me. But going through the experience of that probate, I said there has to have been a better, smarter way to have done it than this. All Dad had was a simple will that guarantees you're going to go through probate. And I decided we need to understand more about how we could have done a better job here. I can't change what's happened. I mean that's done, but I bet if I could get this figured out, I could help other people avoid what my sister and I are having to go through with this uh, probate. So that, uh, for me, was the you know the, the reason for going to get an additional law degree. When I completed that, I then made the transition into private practice. And I think, um, and one of the questions that I think Gino had shared with me was, you know, uh, what would you uh, uh, I think what was it? Uh, what piece of advice would you give to someone starting out in your career? I think this would be valuable for anybody, probably, but certainly for the folks who might be attorneys or going to law school or thinking about law school. Find a good mentor, someone who can teach you how to practice law as an attorney. Because I mean, in the military, you know, you're assigned; they give you cases. So as a criminal defense mm-hmm. attorney, you've got a ready, uh, you know, list of Clients, okay, they're coming to see you because they got into trouble and they need to know what the rights and responsibilities are, et cetera. But now, if you're in the civilian side of things, you're going to have to learn how to go out and generate business. And it would be helpful to know, well, okay, let's say I get some business. What do I do now? So, have someone to show you how and work with you, co counsel with you, show you how to, you know, from uh, from A to Z, you know, what do you do uh, to service the client, take care of them? And go out and do that all over again, get additional business. Is I mean, law school is great at teaching you how to think like a lawyer. And that has a certain value, of course, but it mm-hmm. doesn't teach you, you know, how to run a law practice, how to get clients, how to service clients, et cetera. Um, I would say this. I felt, you know, a lot of ways, like when I came out of law school, even though I had all this knowledge, I was functionally illiterate. I only knew where the courthouse was located because I'd actually clerked for a couple of state court judges back in Memphis. But most people don't know where the courthouse is located. Never been to the right. courthouse. So I think finding a good mentor is really key, whether that's um, as a professional or with whatever else you're going to do in life. Find somebody who's doing what you want to be doing and see if you can't get them to help you, you know, in whatever you choose to do in life. I think a good mentor in and, and, and in the Navy, uh, a brand new uh, uh, officer, maybe came mm-hmm. out of ROTC, maybe came out of the academy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd agree with this ranger. Um, yeah. The idea is uh, the Navy chiefs are the folks who really run the Navy. Right. So right. If, if, a, if a new officer is has got his or her head on straight, they probably say, you know what? I don't know enough to you know, know anything. So I need to be working with a Navy chief to help me. And you look to them for guidance. Well, how do I do this? Or how would I do that? Because so many folks, they have this knowledge, but they don't know what to do with it. And finding wow. out. Actually, apply it. That's yeah. why working with the chief or the senior enlisted folks, whether it be the Army or wherever, think.
1: Yeah, I'm really, I'm Sorry, really God. fascinated. That's why I'm fascinated by your story. And yeah. I want to go back to what your father passing away, and then you had you and your sister. You're you're a lawyer, but now you got to figure this piece out about probate, which was new for you to figure out. Sure. Sure. And this is what I want to add to or just ask you about. Okay. Uh, even in our program with Champions for Veterans, the yeah. Ranger yeah. method in helping vets get their VA benefits came through my 17 years of pain Absolutely. and dealing with the VA on getting sure. my VA benefits to okay. 100%. And sure. at the end of that journey, I went just like you, Rod. I said, wait a minute. This is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Why did it take me 17 years? Yeah. to get what I felt I should have gotten when I came out of the Army because I didn't understand the paperwork, the yeah. procedures, how to do it. And I said, just like you, wait a minute, there's got to be a method Well, I'm going to create that method. Yeah. Is, is that kind of the passion that drove you to to yeah. doing that, dealing with exactly. your dad? Yeah.
2: yeah. I, mean, I I enjoyed uh, trial work. It was fun, but God, it was stressful. You know, I come out of court martial with a throbbing headache and uh, I've tried cases up until two o'clock in the morning. I mean, you know, I mean, and I can tell you, I mean, that, that didn't happen all the time, but I mean, it, it yeah. happened on occasion, you know, because we had to, you know, you were trying to process the cases through. And, you know, sometimes you just had to just, you stayed until the job was done, period. Right. Um, but yeah, if that's exactly what drove me to do what I'm doing now. I mean, I, I enjoy trial work. Uh, but, um, you know, and when I walked into the courtroom, I knew the case better than the prosecutor did. But, you know, Uh, I was always in a reactive mode. That's the thing I can tell you about being a defense defense attorney is because Mm -hmm. most of the time, you know, your clients, they come to you, they've they've kind of messed up their lives. They've they've violated the UCMJ, Uniform Code of Military Justice. So now what are you going to do to help limit the amount of damage that they're going to sustain? So, you know, you're always in a reactive mode. Now, by doing what I do, I get to be proactive, and I like that eminently better because now I can make a real positive uh, impact on my clients and their families so that there won't be these issues later on, like a probate, multi-year probate, or a conservatorship. Someone's incapacitated mentally. You don't have to go through the conservatorship. That's a guardianship for a grown person. Right. You can avoid all that nonsense by getting out ahead of it, by having a good plan that's counseled. You know, according to what's important to the client, or their hopes, fears, dreams, and aspirations, mm-hmm. and by doing that, I think clients are better served, and it's you know it's a better feeling. You know, to, you yeah. know. I mean, when I got the occasional acquittal, and I got a few, you know, that's you're kind of elated, you're walking on air, but it's it's rare, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the best you can do is hope that you can keep the guy from having to spend multi years in, in the brick, you know, yeah. or the stockade, you know, if you're not in the army. But, you know, I, I like the idea that I and, and I do appreciate being able to be proactive. I think clients appreciate that a lot more. Um, I mean, I can I can do a probate. I don't seek them out, though. They just take too long. And uh, the clients are never happy with that. But I think clients are the families are, are much happier with a, uh, a more streamlined, you know, having a living trust and having that plan ahead of time. Than having
1: to do something after the fact. Yeah. So right now, what you would say, what you do now is is get out ahead. You help families. If you could put into a paragraph, like what, what does what does Rod Rod do? What do you do? You help families get ahead of the yeah. potential uh, deaths that will happen for all of us. So how do you put that in a paragraph form or a story form? Or if you're talking to a potential client, how do you? Help uh, I, you
2: know if you want my 30 second elevator pitch, that's yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll give it to you. I I advise successful individuals and families on estate planning strategies that eliminate taxes and protect assets so they can leave legacies,
1: boom. Wow, wow, wow,
2: wow. Uh, You know, and it took me years to really be able to articulate that, or I said another way, uh, I will help you protect everyone you love and everything you own, and my firm has the resources to do just that.
1: Hey veterans, did you realize that most veterans are at least 30% underrated on their VA disability rating? That may be you. If it is, I want to teach you the Ranger Method. So go to championsforveterans.com and schedule a free consultation today. Listen, I was that guy. You see your uniform. Retired U.S. Army Ranger in Green Beret. When I retired, I was at 10% disability with 120 jumps out of airplanes in a jacked up back. So I want to help you. Don't waste time. Go there now championsforveterans.com and schedule a free consultation. This is Ranger Johnson telling you to stay in the fight. That is tremendous because I can tell you right now, it's amazing. I'm so glad. Thank you for doing this. My because pleasure. It's kind of like talking to my son. You know, my son's a CPA. And of yeah. course, you know, the untrained mind, I just thought all CPAs did the same thing right <laughs> you know we do they do taxes and then talking to myself like dad i don't didn't do taxes you know he'll tell what he did in a minute you know he knows more about it than i do because right. i always thought okay you're a cpa you do tax tax law he's like that's not what i do <laughs> and in, in, in the lay person the person you know the average person like me thinks well all lawyers you know you're doing you know you, you're chasing ambulances or you, you know, <laughs> car crashes, you know, yeah. uh, you know, all right. you, you know, prosecute or defendant, you're bringing in some things that I, I've never even thought about. And that's sure. tremendous. Right? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I want to kind of like, I, uh, yeah. Basically, I, I did auditing, I did accounting, I did a, I did a few different things. So we don't have to get into everything I did in accounting on this podcast. But <laughs> but what, you know, one thing that you guys, both of you, shared, you know, that I feel like I'm seeing as a pattern amongst the folks that we we talk to and people yeah. we interact with. Is you know, it's amazing how from your pain can be somebody else's gain.
2: Absolutely, life. yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's um, you know, it, and. As I say, I I never, you know, I took the basic course in law school on wills and trusts, and it it meant nothing to me because I'd never had any experience with it. I mean, uh, but I think once I went through, you know, firsthand just the tragedy, um, and I know dad didn't want this for us, but dad had leukemia. So at that point, he's making emotional choices in his life, okay? So, you know, um, trying to get out ahead of that, at that point, it's too late. They're just not able to do anything because they're, they're, they're scared. And so you're dealing with these emotions. So what I, what I hope I can bring to the conversation is having lived through that experience, I can tell folks, look, uh, probate is option. It really, truly is. But we've got to you've got to work with me. You've got to meet me halfway on this so that we can put a plan into place that will remove that as a possibility. OK, and some people want to do that and other people can't be convinced to do so. And that's fine, because even if you don't write a plan of your own, guess what? The state where you live has already written a plan for you. It's called probate. Mm-hmm. And it may not be the plan you would want because how many financial, <laughs> possible 18 mm-hmm. year olds do you know? I never met one. Right. Right. It's, um, you know, and we try to, you know, bring it down to, you know, grassroots level. I don't like to talk real high and lofty and use legalese. I try to speak in plain English if I can and just say, hey, look, look guys, it's really up to you. You know, what an estate plan is, whether you have a will or a trust is basically a set of instructions. What do you want to have happen if you're incapacitated or when you die? And I think that makes a real difference for folks so that they don't have to go through, you know, a lot of the stuff is avoidable. And I think just know your options and then make a choice that works for you. I don't care what it is, but, you know, just know what your options are and then make an informed choice.
1: When it comes to being successful, I love. I'm glad we're having this conversation, uh, you know, right now, you know, can I ask how old are you, Rod? How old are you?
2: I'm 60 years old and I can't believe it. <laughs>
1: 60 years old, right, 60. It's like, how did this happen, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. It just, well, look, just, let's go back. This goes into the question. Yeah. Right yeah. now, I want you to flashback and talk to that 20-year-old, 21-year-old Yeah. that was in college, looking to be a lawyer and tell me, because, you know, a lot of people think success is straight up. I don't believe it's like that. I think it's up and down, sideways, go down to this side. Yeah, yeah. And then one day you wake up and, and, and you're Rod Hadley and you're a successful lawyer and people go, wow, you got it made. Look at you. But they don't talk about you telling that 21-year-old the steps and the journey and encourage that 21-year-old Rod. Talk about that. Um, you
2: know, it, it's, it's a, it's a great question. I think the thing I would say is, you know, what I found is life is not linear. You know, it's this exactly what you said. It's not a straight line. It doesn't go straight up. It goes side to side, up and down, et cetera. Uh, what I found is that the people who tend to be successful in life are the ones who just don't quit. Okay. Um, you have to have a certain toughness of mind. You just have to realize, look, Um, and actually somebody years ago said something I thought was really, really keen, um, decide what you want to do. If you want to be a success, decide what you want to be or what you want to do. And also decide that you're willing to pay the price to, to, to get there and then pay that price. And it's not for the faint of heart, you know, and you know, if you, I mean, I've had, I knew people in law school, they dropped out after the first year, they just said, this is just not for me. And it's fine. Hey, you know, better you learn that now than to get into a career and you hate it. And that's why, you know, people will self-medicate by drinking or doing drugs or whatever, just because they're trying to numb the pain of I made a terrible decision. Well, look, I mean, if it's not for you, then get out of it. But if you like it and uh, you're interested, you know, and you never know what you're going to do. I mean, some people might be great trial attorneys. I enjoyed my time in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. but i didn't mm-hmm. want that life i mean because i mean i was working 80 to 100 hours a week as a criminal defense attorney in the navy because i thought that my clients deserve no less than the very best defense i could get for them but um you know it's very stressful and exactly. i think what i do now is a lot more uh, meaningful for me it's a lot more fun and it's a lot more uh, impactful i think but to answer your question what would i tell that 21 year old i just say look uh, just uh, figure out what you want to do and then um, just pay whatever price has to be paid to get there. Um, and I, I wish I could say it's been a straight line all the way to the top. It hasn't. It's had zigs and zags, a seven-year probate. And then, you know, we went through the Great Recession. Then we've gone through this pandemic. <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, it's not for the faint of heart, believe me. You know, you, uh, yeah. but if you want to be a success, you know, you have to just be willing to you know, just not quit. I think that's the, the best advice. Just don't quit. Find out what you want to do or what you think you're interested in. And then pursue that until it becomes apparent that either this is a mistake or, gee, I want to make a beeline to this other opportunity. Because as I say, as you pointed out, success is not a straight line. It's not straight up. It's, it's yeah. side to side, up and down, that sort of thing. Yeah. Does
1: that make and sense? I'm, oh, it does. And thank you for that. And I'm going to come back to the pandemic question in just yeah. a minute on how it's affected your business. Uh, it's amazing because you know, you're talking about success, and you, you know it's always making adjustments, right? Sure. I mean, with the pandemic, with my son, and with our business, uh, it's it's actually you know helped us in a way that we didn't we did not know when we started. We started. The, the online course during the pandemic, sure. uh, you know, August of 2020, when we started helping veterans online, but I've been teaching it for three years, right. uh, helping vets get their VA benefits. And my son, you know, I mean, took over and it's great having bright, smart, young people that know the internet <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> can, yeah. can help you with all this stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, how has the pandemic changed or helped or made you look at your business differently or yeah. how has that affected you well it we
2: definitely had to pivot uh we used to do live seminars and in fact uh in 2020 we had uh, a whole slate of live seminars to give you know about estate planning to the community et cetera. that all had to be canceled because of the pandemic we shut the state down um we had done our first seminar in late february of 2020 uh, it was it was decently attended, and we thought, you know, and we were really excited. We thought, man, you know, we're just going to tear it up this year. And uh, there's an old joke uh, that if you want to make God laugh, tell him what your plans are for tomorrow. So anyway, uh, we um, we had to pivot to doing webinars, and so um, and, and we made a lot of mistakes, and uh, we're going back to webinars. We we kind of licked our wounds and said, okay, what was going wrong? Why didn't they why didn't they work as well as they Maybe could have. So now we're uh, retooling and we're going back to doing webinars that will be posted to our firm Facebook page. And um, it will allow people who, you know, if if what we share with them uh, resonates, then they can book a call with us. They'll click a link, book a call with us, a 15 minute conversation just to see if we're even a good fit to work together. And then if so, then, you know, we can schedule some follow on meetings like a design meeting to design their estate plan. And if they want to hire us to implement that, then we can do that, that too. But definitely, um, you know, you've had, you know, life is not linear. So we've had to zig and zag and pivot where we needed to. So it's definitely impacted uh, the practice. But, you know, if you don't give up, if you just learn to be adaptable, which I also Mm -hmm. think is a great characteristic of anybody who's going to serve in the military, being Mm -hmm. flexible and being adaptable. um, Because you you never know where you're going to be or what you're going to be doing in the military, certainly. And, uh, you know, I think in life it's also a valuable uh, character trait, to be able to be flexible, be adaptable. Um, and if you're just really rigid, locked into just doing uh, things a certain way, you will not be, I don't think you'll you'll have longevity because, you know, the world will change on you. And sometimes wow. it can change overnight. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we found how that you, out. How do you deal with that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to state, and I'm so intrigued about estate planning, I'm asking you these questions because I know if they're on my mind, the viewers yeah. that are going to watch this, uh, it's on their sure. minds also. So when it comes to state planning, and I know you, you know, can't give fees, but how does it work with different firms or different based on how many law, times a lawyer hours they will work on, or if I say, hey. I want to get a basic will. or yeah. I mean, how how does that normally work when it comes to? Well, doing well a couple
2: of things that, that your viewers and listeners can consider. I mean, if you're if you're if you're a retiree, uh, certainly uh, at least in the Navy, the Naval Legal Service Office has uh, attorneys on staff who can do a, a will, power of attorney, that sort of thing, and I think that's valuable to have. That I mean, certainly it's a wonderful benefit, which I would encourage people to take advantage of. Um, the only challenge is, for example, if you own real property, say so you own a home, uh, they can't do a trust that would own the home. Okay, so uh, then you'd need to, you know, meet with an, a civilian attorney uh, who does estate planning and can do a living trust for you, because the military lawyers just can't, because that's a very specialized kind of estate plan, and uh, many of them are not licensed in the jurisdiction where they need to be stationed, so right. don't have the ability. But you know, they can draft a nice will. And if you have services group life insurance proceeds, those can be made payable into a, a testamentary trust that would pop out of the will to hold those monies for your kids. If you you know you pass away and the insurance wow. is in place, et cetera. But um, to answer your question, a uh, couple things: uh, you, you can either talk to uh, the base legal officer, uh, legal assistance officer, I should say. Uh, Or if it's something beyond their ability to help or beyond your scope of services, then usually there's a list of attorneys in the local area that they can refer you to, Um, you know, go and meet with that person or maybe have a 15-minute phone or Zoom call with that person just to find out, are we a good fit to work together? Um, I would say um, a lot of firms will charge you by the hour. I don't do that. I charge a fixed fee for what I do. Uh, I've been a client, you know, seven-year probate. I don't like getting nickel and dimed for phone calls, faxes, emails, text messages, all that stuff. I know clients don't either. So I charge a fixed fee for what I do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the attorneys that I work with in this area also try to you know, limit their fees to a fixed fee so that you know going in, what is this going to cost me? And um, and I, I always tell clients, look, you know, uh, just uh, work with someone, number one, that you like, okay, that they're able to answer your questions, you feel good about them, you resonate with them, et cetera. And uh, ideally, they're charging a fixed fee for services because, you know, no one likes to get a you know a bill. You call me, let's say, charge $500 an hour for my time, okay? You call me, uh, and it's a two-minute conversation. Hey, how am I supposed to take title to this bank account? We talk for two minutes. We hang up. And then you get a bill because I have to rent. Ra- if I'm billing hourly, I have to round up my time to the nearest tenth of, a, of an hour. That's six minutes. So you get a bill for 50 bucks. okay, for a two-minute phone call. What does that tell the client? Number right. one, the client don't call me unless it's really important. And you know what? There's really nothing that's that important that I would need to call you for two minutes to be charged fifty bucks for a two-minute phone call that you had to charge me six six minutes for. So I, I, I think client, I think clients are smarter than that. I think they get it, and they don't like to be nickel and dimed. So I think wow. a fix I like that as, as a as as a philosophy. I just think it works better for me and. I you know, clients, you know, don't like to be billed hourly. I think they like a fixed fee, knowing what it is uh up front.
1: Yeah, that's great. Go ahead and give your website again. We'll we'll sure. make sure we put in the chat. Give your website again.
2: Yeah. Um the, the website uh is Hatley H-A-T-L-E-Y, Law L A W Group G-R-O-U-P dot com, Hatley Law com. And for your listeners who are outside of California, um, you know, feel free to reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you. And uh, if you want to pursue estate planning, we'd be happy to uh, identify uh, somebody in your local area in our network who could possibly help you. And, you know, and if they're in the in the organization, they've been fairly well vetted. So you'd probably be able to work with just about anybody in our our national group.
0: And
1: this is great. I got another question for you before I turn you over to my son, but to finish it out and close it out. Now you go ahead, son, you got something you want to say?
0: No, yeah, well, I was going to ask, you know, just in terms of like what you've been doing, uh, Rod, um, like what, what's a, the what's a story of just maybe a client, anything that you can share, if there's anything you can share. It's a situation that you felt like, wow, like they were really, their life was changed because of this service that we provide.
2: A uh, uh, Quick story. Uh, it's been a, uh, it about three years ago. We had a gentleman contact us. He was, uh, his father uh, lived here in San Diego County. And I guess his father had started down the pathway with a number of other attorneys, but had never done any planning. Turns out his father uh, was ill, very ill, he was in the hospital. And um, so the son flew in from uh, 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 Boston. So um, reached out to me, um, a financial advisor uh, for his father had reached out to me and said, hey Rod, look, we've got this uh, prospective client. Uh, would you be ha- able to meet with the son? So I uh, drove out to meet with the son, you know, met with dad and said, look, this is what we would charge to do the planning. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they wanted to balk about the fee. I said, look, guys, look, you know, I'm not charging you for driving to and from. But if you want to engage us, this is what the fee is. It's a fixed fee and this will take care of everything. So uh, they engaged us. Ultimately, we got the plan drafted and we had to do it quickly because the sun, this was, I think we met on a Wednesday and the sun was going to fly back to Boston on uh, Saturday. So we had to get the plan drafted on Thursday and then drive back out to the hospital on Friday to get everything signed. Because dad was very, very ill. He really couldn't sign all the documents. So he could do a signature by Mark. He just made an X on both uh, his will and his power of attorney. And then his son, who's now the agent under the power of attorney, could sign all the rest of the documents and execute those. And then um, I think about a month later, uh, dad passed along. So you know, we were able to avoid the probate on his paid off home and, um, you know, trans, you know, all the assets were otherwise into the trust. because We were able to work with the son to get everything transferred over. And it made a real difference because then, uh, you know, because that, that probate would have run into th- tens of thousands of dollars because the home was, uh, you know, was worth, you know, a fair, fair chunk of change and it was fully paid off, but it would have taken time. It would have taken months, possibly a year or more, you know, to go through the probate process and here you know, we were able to wrap everything up in about uh, 120 days. So that was terrific. And that's really was a great answer for the family.
1: Wow, wow. I mean, that that is amazing because, you know, it's one thing to talk about what you do and most people that are are listening to this call are not lawyers and they're like me. They're going to be very intrigued about that because you're probably the first guy (laughs) that they've ever heard a long, (laughs) intense conversation about this. Yeah. And just hearing what you do is is phenomenal Thank you. Uh, I, I i gotta i got I gotta ask you this too you know yeah just based on your experience and yeah I'm going back from your military experience because it is conbo with heroes. And that's what we're talking about. In our opinion, you're an American hero to Thank serve you. in the military and now serve helping other people. Right. How do you look at your life, man? When you look at the military service that you've done now compared to a civilian, what what would you say, man, that, you know what, dude? And again, I'm, we, we all need a pat on the back. How would you say, you know, I was surprised I was able to do that, but I'm happy I did do that, whatever that was?
2: Oh, I mean, I absolutely, uh, as I get older, I mean, I I did not ask to go to the high desert and I got caught up in the downsizing in the mid nineties. So um, I, I, you know, it was not my choice to go to the high desert. I was, you know, I was looking to make, you know, I was USNR, US Naval Reserve, and I was looking to get augmented into the regular Navy USN. I really enjoyed what I was doing. And I thought this is, I think this would be a great career that didn't happen, unfortunately, and that's fine. Um, So I was kind of, you know, kind of left a bad taste in my mouth being stuck in the middle of nowhere, you know, and then right. uh, your comes to an end unceremoniously, et cetera. But I think with time and distance, I really I look back on it and realize, wow, well, I did some tremendous stuff. I mean, I was go- in fact, um, I was going through my records the other day and I was just amazed. The letters of commendation and all the stuff, it, just everything I'd done. It's just it's just humbling to me. I thought, wow, I did all that. I totally forgot. Right. And, uh, so it really, I, I think I feel uh, a sense of gratitude, a real sense of um, I'm really humbled that I ever had a chance to wear the uniform. And I, I think, uh, at least I hope, that I always did right by my clients, whether they were the accused at a court martial or if they were a legal assistance client and needed help, you know, maybe doing a will or they needed a lease agreement reviewed or needed to understand the rights and responsibilities as a landlord or attendant or what have you. Um, So I I feel very gratified that that I was able to ever do that. And uh, the Navy took a chance on me and I uh, was honored for the opportunity. And uh, I feel, you know, uh, very humbled to have been a part of uh, uh, the military and the Navy specifically.
1: Wow! Thank you so much. I'm gonna kick it to my son and let him hit you up with one of the final questions. I'm enjoying okay. this ride. This is thank you, sir. It's like going to school, man. Because my I got smoke coming on my head now, and a lot of a page of notes from talking to a lawyer. It's like wow, this
0: is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. I can second that, man. And and Rod, you know, this has been really intriguing, very interesting, just, you know, eye opening to hear your story, to hear just type of thing that you did in the service and things you're doing right now in the civilian world. And you know, you've got a lot of great experiences in life. And I, our, our biggest question we always like to ask at the end of our interviews as kind of a period to uh, to our podcast episode is, you know, when your life is over, yeah. what do you want people to remember you for?
2: Uh, you know, I, I gave a lot of thought to this. This is one of the questions that you had provided me, and uh, I, I think what I would say is, it, my hope would be that uh, clients and their families were benefited by working with me. Uh, no conservatorship, no probate, assets were creditor creditor protected. You know, and the family was benefited as a result of the work that we did together. I think for me, that's a, that's you know, I can't think of it. I mean, you know, if you get somebody, you know you achieve a certain measure of justice for somebody at a court-martial, um, you know, you get them acquitted, okay, because the, the evidence didn't, you know, was not enough to convict them. Um, and that's thrilling. You feel great. You know, you're walking on air, okay. We, we were able to achieve some justice for this, uh, this this service member. But it's temporary, you know. Um, but here, I'm able to do things that I think are going to be long-lasting, and I know we're going to be long And because I'm affecting not only mom and dad, but also their kids and possibly their grandkids and beyond because of the work that we were able to do together that um, protected everyone that they loved and everything that they own so that uh, life will go on even when mom and dad aren't there anymore to provide that loving instruction and guidance. Uh, They've got a set of instructions that will provide that for them and for their families.
0: Awesome. Awesome. It's amazing. Awesome. I, you know, thank you so much, Rod. Thank you. Definitely been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being a hero and <laughs> making a difference because you're, you're changing lives with the work that you're doing. So thank you so much. Pleasure. Uh, that's it for me. I go ahead and pass on to my dad to go ahead and close us out. Yeah. All right. All right. This is a convo with heroes. We got Rod Halley, our first
1: lawyer on. And, and I can tell everybody, my brain is smoked. I've been writing notes. It's like I'm back in class. He's been saying words and stuff that I don't even understand. I will tell you that much straight up. But I've enjoyed the conversation. And I want to say before I close this thing out, like I always do, I'm so honored that we have uh, a great American hero on Convos with Heroes. So this is Ranger Johnson closing the call out like I always do. I'm telling you to stay in the fight.